I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you one bad mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, two tickets to the shit show, please. My treat. I talked to comic Nicole Blaine about the intersection of comedy and social progress. Plus, Biz is alone. Woo! Uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I think this is a check-in. Um, I just dropped my son off. He's 10. I just dropped him off at a friend's house for a play date. And I was chatting, you know, casually with the other parents and... You know, they've been friends for a long time, so we were kind of reminiscing a little bit. And just for context, I'm preparing for my youngest child's birthday tomorrow, and she's going to be seven. And I don't know why, but that feels like a, a big one. Like, you know, the youngest turning seven, and it all feels, it feels big. It's kind of looming. And uh, as I was chatting to this other parent, they said, you know, they spent more time with us now and they've got left with us. <laughs> and I'm just, um, that just hit me. And I, uh, I don't like it. And, but I also do like it. And <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, I don't know what this is. Maybe it's a check-in. I just, um, it's a weird parenting moment, right? Like, mm. they got less time left with me than they've been with me. And, you know, maybe that's not true. It's not. They're always going to be my kid. But um, I don't know. I'm having a moment today. I'm having a moment. And nobody fucking cares except for uh, you guys. So thank you. Thank you, Biz. Have a great day, guys. Bye. I care. We clearly all care. You are doing an amazing job. <laughs> that is so one of those comments that, like, one person says to another where depending on the time of day and what kind of day you've been having and what sort of mood you're in lands any number of ways. My first reaction when you said it was, what, are my children going to be dead in like seven years? That is a nightmare. What do you mean? This is, we've had them now less than we're going to have them later. No, I guarantee you, you're going to have them a long time. Doesn't mean they want to participate in anything with you, but they're there, lurking, ever. And yes, it is a mixed bag. It's just like the line, oh, when they're gone, you're going to miss them. Or savor these moments where you're not sleeping and your house is full of shit and you feel like you're an autonomous no one who doesn't have any sense of self anymore. You're going to miss that when they go to college. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'll miss it. I, I probably won't miss parts of it. And I'll probably miss some parts of it. Because that is how that works. Your child is turning seven. I am sure there are things that are great about that. And the years that are coming between seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. 17, possibly eight. That sounds like a long time to me. It's like multiple college degrees, actually, is what you could achieve in that time period. But I like, yeah, 
yeah, you're going to miss them. Yeah, you probably miss things about from when they were younger. Yeah, you're also probably really glad that they're older. Yeah, they're going to be things that you're really happy about for them when they're not there. And there's going to be things that you will be happy about for you. And that is okay. All those things are okay. I think we chalk that comment up to one of the new items to add to the ever-growing list of, huh, why is that a thing we say to others? <laughs> I think you're doing an amazing job. All right, guys. Speaking of amazing jobs, it's time for thank yous. <laughs> Guys, as we have learned over the past two and a half years, it is very important to say the thank yous. Whether we are in full lockdown mode crisis or we are in everything's totally normal, right? Sure. The value in valuing others and the jobs that they do, I think, is still incredibly critical. So I want to say today thank you to daycare workers. They don't get out for summer break. You're there all the time and you are providing one of the first places that we leave our children at so that we can work and or take care of others uh, so thank you for being there and taking care of our children and thank you to all the summertime specific employees out there working be it summer camps be it working in school cafeterias for summer school or camp cafeterias or keeping facilities clean. And I used to work at an outdoor theater one summer and I hauled trash and cleaned bathrooms. And it was one of the greatest jobs I ever had. I really enjoyed it. But I am keenly aware that that is not the case for lots of people. So I really appreciate the fact that when you go to a place and you use the bathroom, whether it's like at a local theater or a local restaurant or like at the camp that you're dropping your kids off at, at the airport, if it's clean, that is because somebody took care of that for you and for us. So thank you to the people who do that. You are all doing an amazing job. Speaking of taking care of each other, Stefan was on a trip last week. And uh, it's the first time in a really long time <laughs> that Stefan has traveled and uh, that I've been just me and the kids. And, they, of course, it was the same week that they were starting all of their summer camps. So it was a lot of what? It, it, like travel with Stefan always is. It's very, like, kind of last minute. Like, you have a week to know it's confirmed. And then you're like, uh, like, I'm panicking. I'm not going to get everybody to wherever they need to be. Stefan came back. And, of course, I'm like, D did you take COVID tests while you were there? And he was like, no, but I'm going to take one now. And he's taken two since he came home. And both of them have been negative. But he said, but I got to tell you, like, no one was wearing masks. Uh, he had gone to Colorado. He was like, I was the only person in all of the meetings wearing a mask. And restaurants... The only person I was like on the plane in the airport wearing my mask the whole time. And, and he said, <laughs> he struck me as so funny. He said, yeah, I just had this moment where I was like, this feels like no one's helping you out. 
<laughs> no one's helping me out here. Like, how does, and he also like, and I felt this too. How come everybody's just really okay with it? Like, yeah, like just really okay and comfortable. And it, clearly, this is a testament to different people's risk levels. And we still are selective about the risks that we take as a family. But I, <laughs> it is true. I just like, every time I go to the Starbucks, I'm like, wow, really? I'm really the only one who like feels this is an enclosed, very small public space. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. And I am thankful that they wore it the whole time because it means that we will let Stefan back into our house now that he is home. And I will once again have help. And that is nice. Speaking of nice, I'm trying to maintain a sense of humor through this ever-changing, awkward, sometimes shit show of a world. Today, I am going to be talking with Nicole Blaine about this project that she and her husband have created out here in California called The Crow. It is a comedy club in which they want to promote how comedy can help social progress, especially with our kids. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Guys, this week I am very excited to be speaking to Nicole Blaine. Nicole and her husband, producing partner, Mickey Blaine, who also directed Life's a Bit, Nicole's stand-up special on Amazon Prime, also executive produced and directed the HBO comedy special, Quincy Jones, <laughs> Burning the Light. For the past 10 years, Nicole and Mickey have produced hit shows like Virgin Sacrifice and Drunk Debates. Nicole's been featured on NBC's Today Show, E's That Morning Show, the International Fringe, New York City Festival, HBO's Women in Comedy, and more. Welcome, Nicole. <laughs> Thank you, Biz. I appreciate being here. This, you made me sound so good. That's the, oh, can you, you tell my kids that introduction? Can yeah, they no, care? They don't care. No. They, they don't, don't care. They legitimately do not care. No. And just think, when did you become this angry shell of yourself? That's Not that we it. knew you beforehand. And I right, usually exactly. say, when's your birthday? <laughs> That's the day. That's, That's the day it all changed. the exact yeah. moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That it happened. Before we get into, because we're going to talk about comedy, we're going to talk about this comedy club that you opened and all this cool stuff. I want to ask you, who lives in your house? Uh, uh, do I rank them in order of who I like yeah, the most? Oh, always. Oh, always likability, preference. Okay. You know. Got it. Um, well, I live in Santa Monica, with, and which is, by the way, where I grew up and was raised ah. a block and a half away from my apartment dwelling. Yeah. So... <laughs> I've really made it. I was it. born in Santa Monica. Did you know that? No. Were you? You would not know that. But I was no. born in Santa Monica. St. John's? Yes. And yeah. But I then we immediately went to the South. Because like, my parents were from the South. My parents were from Alabama and oh. Mississippi. They oh. met in Alaska. Oh. And then came to California for a while, had me here, and then went back. And now I've brought them back. Oh, that's Here. interesting. So you like them? Yeah, I do. I like them. Yeah, they're all right. They're pretty good. 
You like them. See, I feel like my parents are babysitting for free and you get what you pay for. Yeah, you get what you get and you That's don't right. get upset. That's right. This, is, yeah, this no. is what it is. Like it's one of those things where like my mom's like, <laughs> why don't you check on Finn the next morning? He he was complaining about being sick and, and I was like, no, no, no. It's because you let him stay up till 11 p.m. and <laughs> gave him Coca-Cola before bed. Oh, yeah. and he's never All had, like, day. You, you wonder if he's sick. It's because it's you. You are sick. It's, this is what's happening. Okay. <laughs> no. Yeah. I grew up on Coca-Colas and cake for breakfast. And so I'm all right. So I'm like, go to That's their true. house. Yeah. Enjoy it. All right. Okay, Who's in there? Right. It's you. Who's in there? It's I, you in Santa my, Monica. Yes. It's me in Santa Monica. And I would say my favorite is Miso Miso, which okay. is our cat Yeah. that I got for the kids, but is totally my support oh, it's animal. it's your cat. It's now it's my cat. It's um, your cat. Yeah. And then we have another cat that we got for my daughter who has anxiety. So we got her the first, you know, this was like an anxiety pet. And then I have two children, depending okay. on the day, which one do I like more? I've got uh, a little boy who just turned 11. Oh, um, his name is Finn. And then I have a daughter who just turned 14 and her name is Tegan. And they're both mm. in big moments. Like yes. the little one is going from elementary to middle school yeah. this year. And the middle schooler is now going to high school. And and then I have this amazing personal assistant husband. Yeah. That is really, yeah. really, you, you married correctly. I married up. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, or, or you married someone who uh, is happy to serve. No, actually, I'm not. I don't know. Are we allowed to talk about sex? Because I'm going to be honest with you. Okay, do it. I. It's so interesting. Like I feel like even the <laughs> amount of service that he gives to our family. Like he is one of those guys who is just happy. Like he built me a comedy club. Like yeah. that. He, That's he's nice. been built. Yeah, he's been building me stages and doing everything my entire life. And I started to dawn on me when I was like, his like me even in bed. Like I lie there. Like his, fa- <laughs> the best part is that like his fantasies are fulfilled by serving me also in bed. Like I do nothing. Like I, that's why I say I married, he's a teacher. Yeah. So it's not okay. like I married a doctor, but right. like, I feel like this is, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just like okay, when fine. people always go, he what's the secret the to one. marriage? He's, he's the better one. He's the better he's, one. I'm the wing mom. I'm the okay. wing parent. I'm the yeah. wing everything. Yeah. Yep. You are that one. I'm just You're a the- front man. Yeah, you're the executive who's yeah. never had to really do anything, yeah. but is out in the spotlight. That's right. right. I'm uh, Bette Midler. He's the wind beneath my yeah, wings. wind beneath the wings. All right. So I want to talk about The Crow. Okay. This is your comedy club yeah. that your husband built for you. Yeah. I love this. I want to start by actually having you tell us what Crow stands for mm-hmm. and like the evolution of this club, besides it being within biking distance to your house, so you right. kind of brought work to you. So, right, exactly. Yeah, tell me. So you mean as in the fact that I made a little acronym for Crow? That, yes! That, what that yes. means? Okay. Well, yes. Totally. Well, and here's the thing. The, yes. Same thing with kind of like naming my daughter, where it was like, well, we're pregnant. What are we going to do? Like, how do you name something? You know what I mean? <laughs> and then you just throw out words, but then all of a sudden that one that's right is right. Yeah. It, and that was how it was for like, we were big Tegan and Sarah fans. Do you know yeah. the band, Tegan and Sarah? Yeah. So it was one of those So you were like, like done. Don't, like he said, he was like, yeah. what about Tegan? And I was like, obviously, that's our favorite band. Like we go every single time they're in person. Tegan's the yeah. best. And like, what a cool name, right? Yeah. And it was Until the they thing. change it on their own and they say, I don't really want that because like mm-hmm. ours is Raiden. That's not their birth name. Really? <laughs> their birth name is Katie Bell. 
Really? <laughs> yeah. And wow. I just was like, fine, fuck it. Right. I got, I got bigger battles. No, absolutely. Yeah. Like, like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Fine. Yeah. yeah no, sure, I'm all sure. about like, let them do yeah. whatever. Whatever. But I'm just saying, good job getting one that, that like you clearly picked. Yes. A winner. And she yeah. loves it. You know, and Good. that's what I feel like is I, I don't feel as strongly about, no offense, Finley's name. Um, <laughs> but I feel like that's like a second, a second kid. That's why I'm like, eh, whatever. Like, yeah. I couldn't think of anything better and I'm really busy. So like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> okay, but the crow. So yes. the truth is, is that okay. the name of the club did not come from that acronym. It was applied later perfectly. So the real reason I named it The Crow was because I really feel like you can't take a comedy name in my head. I was like, I don't want to be Chuckles and I don't I don't know, like that doesn't feel right. And I just want yeah. it to be a little bit different. And I love like Dynasty Typewriter had yeah. a different name, but it was cool and whatever. <laughs> right. So it was one of those things where when I thought back of what my husband and I have been trying to do our entire lives together, I thought about it just being more meaningful about yeah. our journey. So back when we started dating, uh, first we were friends in high school. We met in theater. So I met at Santa Monica High School with him. He was um, a theater guy and I yeah. was – so he was a senior when I was a freshman. Okay, wait. So he's a theater guy. Was yeah. he a tech theater guy or was he on stage? Because, I mean, just given the history yeah. of your relationship right, right, as right. you have described it to this point. Well, that's a good question. He started off as a very gorgeous child, and his mom wanted to be an actress. <laughs> oh, yeah! Let's so live vicariously. Absolutely. Yeah. So she threw Heck him yeah. into, like, the, the scene when he was seven in mm -hmm. L.A. She moved from Texas to L.A. to become a famous, I don't know, soft porn star. Nice. And so while she was pursuing that, she was like, oh, you're beautiful. And he was. He was, like, yeah. one of those children that, like – people stare at on the street and it's totally creepy and gross. <laughs> so he was like a real actor kid. Like he yeah. was – he. it was between him and Leo DiCaprio for What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Like he was that level of – he was really talented, really yeah. good looking. Yeah. He knew all those kids, did all that. When he got to high school and was doing theater, he realized he was also very carpentry and loved building the set. So yeah. then he ended up doing – so he's kind of both. He does both and always yeah. has. So that was what was really nice. Anyway, so we were doing theater together and we were friends the entire time. I went away my freshman year for college up at UC Davis. And what I didn't know was during that year, my mom was having a complete nervous breakdown. Yeah. Yeah, which – now I look back and now that I'm a mom, I'm like, oh, I get it. Oh, yeah. No, mine <laughs> oh, nervous also. breakdown in mine my also. 40s. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. You yeah. just sat on that throughout my entire life and then mm -hmm. it had to go somewhere. Yeah. You know? And like, yeah. we also don't talk about menopause in this country and how right? that could also affect. Oh, yeah. Some mom recently was saying there was a bunch of these like parents that were like really getting outraged about something at our school recently. And I was just like, I don't understand. I can't, I can't get, and then this other mom was like, well, they're all menopausal as well. And she wasn't saying it like a flippant, right, you know, no, disregard like for their emotions, like legit. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, it sucks that we blame that as opposed to embracing yeah. the fact that our hormones are all fucked up again. 
I mean, like like teenagers, like, yeah, like puberty, teenagers. like hormonal yeah. going through pregnancy. So in yeah. the midst of her world of that, yeah. I was totally – we were very close, but me leaving for college completely uh, sort of triggered a lot in uh, the family. Yeah. I was the firstborn. I was like Mrs., you know, uh, sta- taking up all the focus. Yeah. My s- <laughs> a comedian. My stepdad was – I don't know how to – this is – okay. Oh, can I be honest on this podcast? Is you can okay? be honest, and if we have to let people know something's coming, we'll let yeah. them know. But this let, podcast yeah. is all about the honesty. Okay. Totally yeah. truth. Um, he was attracted to me, and there was that – you know, I had – he had been around since I was nine, so right. there was a lot of strangeness between him and I. Yeah, so, I saw that joke in your special. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. And this is this is what I like to joke. Like, I am going to joke about the tragedy. I'm going to yeah, joke gonna, about being... We're going to get to the comedy. Right. Because it's so important. But let's do our little setup here yeah. of that horror. Right, that horror. So I, when I left for college, I think he was sad. I was gone for a romantic, yeah. who knows what reason. What, and Whatever fucked up reason. Exactly. Yeah. And him and my mom having the stress of now realizing... What it's like to be in your 40s and running a family. And he was a lawyer and he was a high-powered attorney. So he completely flipped his shit and found a little girl who looked just like me, who was also 18 years old and happened to be a drug addict and needed some pro bono legal help. So he brought her into the fold and started to have an affair with her. And she was a crack addict and got him addicted. And in the midst of this, as I left off for UC Davis, what I didn't know was my family was completely crumbling. Yeah. And my stepdad became completely addicted. And my mother, who was trying to run his law practice and run her practice and dealing with my absence, she decided one day to ask him to try it. And she became a crack addict. So, Baby, I'm so – okay, first of all, I am sorry. Because that's fucking – Sucks. Yeah, it was hard. And I am I am not only sorry that you had stepped away at that because there's like all kind of like let's all go to therapy about having stepped away and well, what what can we put on ourselves and all that. But also, I'm like really sorry for your mom. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because at that time I it was so hidden, and that was the other yeah, thing. Of course. Like, as we as overachieving women and yeah. she's like legitimately the superhuman was yeah. trying to hold on to all of it and her husband was off fucking a bunch of prostitutes and having all these parties and not coming home and she's like how do I pay for my kid who just started college and she had yeah. my little brother was still at home and he had just started high school so it was a mad dash of crazy so in the yeah. I'm gonna get to the reason why I'm telling you the story in a second it's I so mature how you got married but that's okay right. Right. So this friend <laughs> of mine, right, Mickey, who is yeah. now my husband, it was one of those things where I get this phone call May something, April, May. My dad calls me and says, look, you know, I'm not – obviously, I'm just looking at your mom from the outside and your stepdad. Something looks wrong with them. Oh, and she your looks, dad because yeah. your dad is still around somewhere. Yeah, and he's okay. like, something's, something's wrong with her. Right. I think you need to come home and you need to see them. So I was like, okay. So I I fly home on May 3rd. (laughs) Like a freshman in college. What am I going to do? Let's all be realistic about what we're doing our freshman year in college. We're either- Blowjobs. We're still in full selfish mode. Oh, completely. Uh, I am giving him out on the regular. I am trying to like not raise my C to a B (laughs) in philosophy class. Like now I'm supposed to come home and check on my mom. I come home. She's 80 pounds. Oh my God. 
she has she's covered she looks in a hundred. She looks a hundred. She was covered. I don't know if you know what coke fleas are, but it's when you think that like yeah, coke you say you're scratching. Bugs. Yeah, so you're she had skin. Picking. She's picking all of our our <sighs> houses. All of the beautiful windows are covered with like blankets. Yeah. My stepdad has closed his law firm, brought every single computer home, and there's now flashing porn everywhere. And there was an actual crip living in my kitchen eating Cinnamon Toast Crunch. So where was your brother? My brother was hiding in his room with a baseball bat and- fucking blame him. Is a therapist now. Let's just- Yes! Good job, brother. Obviously. <laughs> Things come full circle with it. and comedian. Yeah. That's what you get. This All is what you have when you're crap babies. This is how it goes, right? The tracks. The tracks. So I come home to what I didn't know at the time was a crack yeah. house because, well, what did I know? I was why more would Santa Monica. That? Yeah. No, yeah. why would I even think that? Like, I just thought my mom had really bad exfoliant. I was like, yeah. what brand are you using? It's yeah. terrible. It's not Clinique. So I run into Mickey. Mm-hmm. In this moment of this weekend, it was like I just crossed paths with him very coincidentally. And he was like, you should page me because <laughs> it was 1996. Ah, yes, it was. There it is. So <laughs> I get back up to UC Davis at the end of this really weird weekend and I yeah. page him. Oh, and we by start- the way, did you fix it when you went home that weekend? Did you oh, like yeah. fix everything? I fixed everything. They're not cracked. Got it. No. Okay, course. great. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's good. Totally. So I page him and he ends up talking to me every night. And I'm like, I always thought you were cute. Ten days later, May 13th, the man, um, I walk into my room at UC Davis and my roommate who was going home to pray every weekend because someone had to pray for us because that's what she would do. She was like, hey, someone named Mickey needs to be picked up at the airport at six o'clock. So I borrowed my friend's car. I drive to some crazy airport that I've never been to. He gets off the plane. He holds my hand for the first time. And that night he said to me, I love you and I'm going to marry you. Shut the door. And I said, yeah, that's what he said. And I said, thank you. And um, (laughs) it was an amazing weekend. (laughs) The timing was perfect. Perfect timing. Actually, from an outside view, all I'm doing is thinking, as you are, as an adult, you looking back Mm -hmm. on this time in your life, what a good job you're doing keeping the two stories, like they're both part of it, Mm -hmm. but they're separate. Yeah. That's a special gift. Yes. To be able to do that. Thank and you. probably besides having a therapist brother, that helps. And probably your own therapy. Mm-hmm. I know from my own experiences how comedy can help with that process, right? It, it saved me. Like yeah. in the And that's hence at the end of that weekend yep. when he was leaving, he had to go back to work and get back to L.A., and he ordered a taxi because that's what we had before Uber. Yeah. And it needed to come pick him up at like five in the morning or something. And we <laughs> left my dorm and we were walking outside. And, you know, the nice thing about college campuses, those giant quads with the big oh, huge yeah. trees. And like it was super dark. And like it was like these just, I mean, so, 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 so dark. There was yeah. – you, could, you couldn't even barely see the taxi at the other end. It was like black <laughs> everything. And we start walking – college campuses. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Check. <laughs> and we start walking into this blackness to get all the way across the quad. Yeah. And what I didn't know was everything – every black thing was actually maybe 100,000 crows. 
and they all started to fly away. The yeah. trees were bare. And I like both Mickey and I just watched the moment, like one of the most like where you see in a nature film, you're like, yeah, how is that? It was it it was like the seas parting. It sounds like and, a haunting. But, <laughs> yes, but in reverse because right. it just brought in all this light. Yeah, 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 yeah. And oh, see, look at you with your narrative. It's so there good. it is. There Good it job. is. And that moment, like I knew both of us were like, it was the most like heavy. Yeah. What I didn't know was he was the person that ended up seeing me through those crack years yeah. and that he and I ended up having to drop out of college, move into the crack house. He moved in with me. He worked three jobs. He put me through college. He put my brother through high school, college, and grad school. Like he was – he is the light. He is that moment. He, he – wow. so when someone – when you go, what are you going to name this? And I go, you take darkness and you turn it into light. Like it's the crow. Like yeah. that was the name. So when I said that, he said, absolutely. And later he was like, hey, and comedy reflects our world. How do we take this content <laughs> and fuck? turn it? I know. We're this cheesy. magical. He's magical. I married yeah, a magician. He is. Magical. He, he's is. Mag- he's, he might be an, like an elf or like he a is. wizard or I don't know. He's I don't special. Know. He's but special. Good job. He God, is. So Jesus. that's that's the name of the club. People ask me all the time. I always go, it's a long story. But now I can just tell them, like, go yeah. to the podcast. Go and to I'll the just podcast. Be like, Listen, I did it. There it's there. Yeah. I don't have time in a green room. Everyone's like, why are you naming that? And I'm like, I don't know. My husband is amazing. I can't explain See, it. See, I also – but I think The Crow is actually a fucking cool name for a comedy club regardless of story. Okay, good. Because of, like, the crow's nest, the crow yeah. – like, yeah. you know, the raven. I know they're yeah. two different birds. No. But it's all that stuff. But like it's, all it's that. that stuff, like dark mm-hmm. humor, all this. And that's where we throttle. And that's it. I want, And I want to take the darkness. And like, and I think that's how we, like you said, like it's the only way we survive is, is finding the funny in all this. Well, okay. So the club was mm-hmm. sort of pitched to, at least to us, and I don't mm-hmm. blame you, mm-hmm. as like a, a space for women, like a, mm-hmm. like a but it, it's so much more than than just that. Though I will always, <laughs> always, if you say women comedy, I'm like ding yeah. ding ding. Yeah. Oh, no, there's a space. That's and right. And then the mom angle and the fact that you do stuff there for young adults, yep. mm-hmm. teens, mm-hmm. and like kids. It's it's so fucking genius. So. Tell me just a, a like a little bit mm-hmm. about the goals for this space because it's yep. like there's definitely a social justice angle and you well know. it's it's just a hundred percent the social justice yeah. angle of one the truth is is Mickey did not build the stage for me he built yeah. it for he built it for the children but I mean it sincerely <laughs> yeah I know that sounds ridiculous but like here's the deal when you are on going through this pandemic as a mother with two small children because at that time yeah mine was in third grade and the other one was in sixth grade so like yeah. we dealt with getting a period in a zoom oh, God. you know like That's, it was so sometimes it's luckier i know but, i was like how great like you got to like in the middle of your science zoom like you just like froze your square and came out and you were like mom i think i just got my period and i walked in and i was like <laughs> Like on the wall? How did we Jackson like, Pollock <laughs> this moment? But I was there for it. And like yeah. that was beautiful. But 
the chill, the, to be a mom, my kids were on lockdown in homeschool for 18 months. Like Santa Monica no, was- we were in California. We were in Pasadena. Right. It went on forever. For, I just say two years. Two because years. that's essentially what it was. Two years. I yeah. lost, first of all, I've never, I lost 30 pounds because I, like- I went the complete the other stress. way. Well, that's, it's, <laughs> yeah. You either con- yeah. can't stop eating or you yeah. can't eat. Like right. it's, it's one or the other. It's that, one I or look, the two. I look yeah. like my mother <laughs> back in the crack days, okay? Like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know whether to love it or hate it. I can't. Mm. It makes people uncomfortable. But anyway, yeah. um, everyone's asked me, are you okay? I'm like, I'm hungry. So yeah. I watched my two children survive the political world and to have them feel so activated. I was not at all as smart or in tuned, but they were forced to sit here and watch us navigate and explain what's the BLM movement, you know? And as much as I got to talk to my kids, it was the exact same time that like my daughter was on TikTok. And I'm going to tell you something. I fucking love TikTok because my kid, (laughs) I know I'm into it because she was able, her liberal agenda, whatever ended up coming up on her feed and the way that the kids across the country, Gen Z, these young kids, they ended up, I mean, they made a TikTok Ratatouille with Broadway stars. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, they collaborated. I did hear about the Ratatouille. They they made <laughs> stuff and they stopped the Trump, you know, rallies and they were able to buy out tick. I mean, these kids are mobilizing and I looked and I had her explain to me. I said, yeah. explain to me pronouns. I don't know yeah. what is happening. And she was like, look, let me show you this video and let me yeah. show you this video. And I was like, your feeds are amazing. And I, that was where <laughs> I, I pivoted. I had yeah. no stand-up to go at night. I'm with her every single night and it was magic. And I got in her world and I got in her space and she taught me all that I didn't need to know. And I was like, you guys are so smart. Now one day you're going to have a Netflix special or a TikTok special Mm -hmm. and you need to know how to tell these dick jokes properly, you know? Mm, And I need to build you that space. And I need the kids who aren't accepted at home yet. Their parents are still calling them she, and they are a he, and they want a different name. And I'm going to make a space where they can come here with me and you guys get to know parents. I am going to let you talk. I am going to teach you joke structure. We are going to survive your childhood here. That's how this is going to happen. I'm going to give you access to pro comedians. We're going to have teenage shows. So when you go, what's your dream? Listen, I want to do, at this point, I'm hoping that I can build it. Right now I'm starting with like two Fridays a month and I'm worried that no teenagers will come. But like I want – I hope so. I want nights where they get to see pro-level comedians and after they're set, I interview them. Tell me about your journey. How did you start? So these kids feel like it's accessible. It's yeah. real. These people, like they see him. I mean, could you imagine if I could get Bo Burnham? The kids would go crazy. Know. You know, but that's my dream is to get a Tiffany Haddish that is so that they can, the teenagers know where to go. Their parents can drop them off. It's safe. I'm right off the Metro stop, Bergamot Station. I have 24-hour security guards. I have 200 free parking spaces. I have like a beautiful restaurant right next door that has kid meals at Birdie G's. You know, like I want to make a cool hang out for kids and the parents feel safe and that they, listen, I've got a liberal agenda. Yeah, so. no, look, now that the space is created, talk to me about the goals 
of the space, especially through the lens of, you know, social justice? Well, I think that my goal is that this is one of those messy playgrounds without being cliche that is safe and that you can use this space to develop a voice, develop your perspective, figure out who you are, what you want to say, and know that, you know, like I was working on a one of my favorite jokes that I did long before the Me Too movement, which yeah. was about my date rape. And it was something that I was like, I know I can make this funny and we need to talk about being a survivor of yeah. it. And how do I do it where it is not triggering to the audience, but is going to make a strong progressive point about yes. rape and we're going to find a way to make it funny. And, right. and it took a while for me to figure out how the joke was successful because I, when I first started telling it, it was one of those jokes that I feel like other comedians were like, yeah. oh, you're doing something tough. I respect that. Yeah. But the, but the audience was still like freaked out. Yeah. And there was two times I did it where I made two different times where I made the, an audience member cry. Ooh. Yes. Not a rapist. So no, I that, care about them. You know, like yeah. if it was a rapist, I'd be like, no, eh, that's your problem. Yeah. Um, no. Sure. Fair enough. But they were other survivors. And those that's not this joke is supposed to make you feel liberated and empowered. So it's my job as a comedian to have spaces to test it out and hear if it works. Yeah. And when I get that feedback, even though it was far and few between, right. I needed to fix it. Because then something, that's not the point. So the progress comes slowly, but you it's very hard to find spaces where you can work yeah. that out. And there, it's really hard for young people or even, as I say, old ladies like me. Because stand-up is typically a young boy's room. Yes, it is. And I always found in doing sketch comedy where I was in an all-female group and like right at the 2000s at the very beginning and like it there weren't a lot of them and it, I think for female or female identifying comics mm -hmm. or really anybody who's not a white straight male right if you have a bad night all female comedians are now based on that right like right. people would go see a male sketch group and they would suck Mm -hmm. And then people would go see another one. Right. You go see like one all-female group. And if they sucked, all women are not funny. Right. right. So I think you're right. I think there's great value in having a space to fail. Mm -hmm. Because at least back, yes. at least when I was failing, right. there was no YouTube. This is how old I am, everybody. Right. But you didn't get caught. <laughs> failing right. as publicly right. as you can get caught now. And it's no longer teens trying jokes out at a sleepover mm -hmm. and then having one-on-one -on -one discussions. Mm -hmm. Now it is, let's try it out, or worse, somebody recorded you trying it out, and now it's all online, and now right. you no. are labeled as something right. that... Right. Now you're stuck. So there needs yeah. to be a live experience that isn't being recorded that exists in a, like I said, a messy playground with actual audience. So I'm doing 
open mics for females and non-binary yeah. every Tuesday at six. And I go, there's nothing off topic. You can try every <laughs> bizarre slant and it's going to, you know, I'm going to be hosting open mics for teens yeah. and I, I don't want their parents listening. Like, right. like <laughs> I, I have a, you know, I'm running a kid's comedy camp ages seven to 12. So I have a camper right now whose parents dropped them off mm -hmm. and addressed them as a girl. Yes. And the very first exercise we did, my daughter, who is this, you know, an assistant counselor and yeah. helping, my daughter said to me, hey, when we go around and do the first name game, instead of just saying names, I think that we should add pronouns. Yeah, sister, good this job. Is, so this That's is why. Exactly. Yeah. This is why I am saying, let these children yeah. teach you. And so I went, oh my God, you are so right. So I said, all right, guys, we're going to go around the room. We're going to say, does everyone, and by the way, some of these kids didn't know even what a pronoun was. So we'll right. explain that. Yeah, yeah, da, yeah. Da, da, da. We went around and that child who had been clearly addressed as a female yeah. immediately said, this is my name, he, him. It was a different name. Yeah. And none of the other kids even yeah. knew what was yeah. going on. So all week long, he's been a he. Yeah. And every single time those parents pick up, they're got a very different name. And so for me, that's, this is my dream that yeah. this child for one week yeah. has been themselves <laughs> and they are writing material about their parents. And I am Ooh! loving it. And they're 12. That's so good. That's, that's so good. That's it, man. This is what I'm doing. So when you go, what's the progress? The progress yeah. is, is that I'm going to support this. And yeah. I don't think all the parents are going to love it, but that yeah. is not my problem. This is, this is, <laughs> this isn't for them. This is for something else. And like I said, I want to let the old comics who don't feel like they started at their prime 20 year olds, let them come here too, because I started Yeah, late. old comics. Absolutely. Was like, what is that? What was that movie with Tom Hanks? Oh, uh, yes. And oh, was it Sally Fields? Sally Fields. Right. Yes, what was it? That was why the are we forgetting? I don't know. Punchline. Punchline? Punchline. I remember Punchline. watching that. Yes. Like, Going, and thinking, okay. oh, that could be yeah. my life one day. Like, exactly. Like, literally was like, exactly. I can wait Me too. until Me too. I am an older woman and have yes. space. Yes. To go back to it. That's what I want my club to be. I want I want people who want a second chance at life. I want to get the young ones and I want to let their voices feel like that. They are going to make the progress in the earth. They are going to change the space. And that's yeah. that's what I want them to do. We got to franchise this shit, everybody. Right? Here Come it is. on, we need a New York, we need East Coast, West Coast. We need right there in the middle in lots of spots. Yeah. We got to bring it down south. Yeah, we do. I love it. I think it's like comedy has always been a gift in terms of getting through difficult things and talking about difficult things and mm -hmm. to provide a space, especially for young adults to explore that mm -hmm. and again in a time when you just you can't make mistakes without right. it following you forever and we have to stop but i love you thank you Biz. and I, feel the same. I think there was a, a line on your website that said i love comedy and helping people with a focus on social justice and i was like <gasps> She put words there it to is. it. It's it's so good. I, you know, I just think there's such a space needed for this. Thank you so much, guys. We're going to link everybody up to where they can find out more 
about the crow as well as her specials. She does great. These are really fun parenting. You got to get out, like just let loose. Uh, trust me, you guys, you're our people. You'll understand yeah. it. You'll yeah. like it. If you like dirty comedy about, you know, <laughs> your kids, then that's, that's my focus. Then, yeah. then there we are. Then there we are. <laughs> Thank you so much. No, thank you. I really appreciate it. I love being here and I appreciate the opportunity. And so thanks for thanks for this. One Bad Mother is supported in part by BetterHelp. Burn out, burn out. It doesn't just have to be for people who go to the office. <laughs> there are lots of ways to feel burned out. Work is for sure one of them, but so is the sometimes monotony of having kids in your house. And while there are multiple ways to find yourself feeling burned out, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to prioritize yourself. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. It can be much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. One Bad Mother listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash badmother. That's BetterHelp.com slash badmother. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Grove. Did you know that only 9% of plastic actually gets recycled, no matter how much we put in our recycling bin? And it's facts like that that can really send me into a downward spiral and internet rabbit holes on how to make a difference. At Grove Collaborative, they believe it's time to ditch single-use plastics for good, as well as a variety of other ways to be kind to our environment. Grove carries hundreds of products aimed at replacing single-use plastics, like Grove Co's concentrated cleaners and refillable glass bottles. My house is full of those very glass bottles that I just told you about, as well as a variety of other things that I found at grove.com. I have switched to dryer balls, everybody. Go to grove.com slash badmother today to get a free gift set worth up to $50 with your first order. Plus, shipping is fast and free. Get started right now at grove.com slash badmother. Grove.com slash badmother. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time. Genius me, me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Okay, here we go. I got it. I did it. I did, I did the week. I nailed the week that Stefan was out of town. I nailed it like a boss. I reached out to friends whose kids were going to be at the same camp that Raiden was going to be at that is not close. 
It's 20 minutes away, and it, of course, ends at the exact same time I would need to get Ellis from their camp. So travel time, that just wasn't happening. That just wasn't happening. It does not, no one can magically make that happen. And so I arranged for them to bring Raiden home every day so I didn't have to worry about that. I got Ellis to their camp, and I've gotten them picked up, and I then would come home in between, and Stefan wasn't here. Like, Stefan has been inside this house for the last three years because of working from home and various job changes and freelancing. And I gotta tell you, it was nice. It was nice just to have a whole week of when there weren't children in the house. There also wasn't an adult in the house. It was just me. And it was great. And I used that time wisely. I puzzled. I read. I did a little cleaning. Just a little. I also managed to keep the cat boxes scooped, right, which is a Stefan job. I got groceries in the house. I did some, like, I did all the things, but I also enjoyed some quality time by myself, and I feel good about it. Hi, Biz. This is a genius. Remember the power and the beauty of saying no thank you. I was supposed to work out this morning. I I signed up to say I would work out at 9 o'clock. But by the time I got me and my kid there, actually before that even, I decided, you know what? I don't want to. So I didn't. I just showed up at the gym and said hi to everybody and whatever. And then, even better, my husband is out the door with the baby to go see his parents because they decided last minute to invite us to a Memorial Day cookout, which they do every year, last minute. And I didn't want to go. And I said to myself, as I was getting ready, I really don't want to go. And so then I thought, so don't. And I looked at him and I said, honey, you go ahead and go. Take the baby. Have a great time. I'm going to sit here and watch Outlander. And you know what? <laughs> I'm getting ready to crack open a beer, and I'm going to sit my ass on my couch and watch Outlander with no one to bother me for at least two hours. Fucking genius. Thank you. You are doing an amazing job. Bye. No, thank you. No, thank you. I, look, we all know what no thank you means in our house. This is something I've been trying to train the children in since birth. Uh, No, thank you. As opposed to when somebody offers you something or asks you to do something, instead of screaming, I don't want to do that. Uh, no! Just say, no, thank you. It's the polite way of saying, fuck you. I don't want to do it. This is sort of the same thing as, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Fuck you. Don't tell me what to do with my life. Yes, ma'am. That's how that works. I think you did a great job. Good job. See, did the world fall apart? No. Did your family fall apart? No. Have you become ostracized by family and friends? No. Good job. Failures. Fail, 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 fail! You suck. Here's one that's completely out of my control, but it's all my fault. So Ellis is to be picked up from their summer camp at 3.30. They offer aftercare until... 530. Aftercare is not a thing Ellis has ever wanted to do, and it's not something we need to do this week. So I pick them up at 330. <laughs> Apparently, 
this is the worst thing I could do. The first day, they yelled about something about watching a movie, Ice Age, and not getting to finish it. And I was thinking, maybe they're just doing this as clips during the camp, right? It's like an acting camp. I don't know. And then the next day, I was a little later because Carline took forever. And so it was like it was like 3.45 by the time I got up. But he, of course, had already been called out. And again, talked about Ice Age 2 this time. And how they didn't know what was going on because they didn't see the first one. This is off. And I was like, I don't really not going to investigate into this. But also, whatever. We can watch it at home. It's not a big deal. Yesterday, I went to pick them up at 3.30 and they got in the car so angry at me. Apparently, starting around 3 or 3.15 as they get prepared to send kids home for the day, they start showing a movie. And this is what I guess the kids will do in the aftercare till their parents pick them up, which is fine. I don't care. Watch a movie. Good for you. But now I am a monster because I wasn't aware this was happening. And when I pick Ellis up early, they are missing out on the movie. So today they will be staying longer. I have no idea. I'm sure I'm going to mess this up somehow. Picking them up too late. Picking them up with like five minutes to go. I don't know. But I am prepared to be yelled at. Which is why I'm sending Stefan to pick Ellis up today. <laughs> so I think this is a, a fail. Yeah, because I kind of feel like a failure right now. Um, <laughs> I'm hiding in my car in the garage. The car's turned off. The car's turned off. <laughs> Good job. Um, and I'm kind of like getting myself worked up about the fucking lawn. <laughs> so I like mowing the lawn. I have a nice push mower. I bought myself a brand new one last year. This year it didn't start. So a family member took it to fix it. And in the meantime, I hired a service to cut the grass. And they came twice. And now it's been two and a half weeks. And my lawn is now that lawn, mm-hmm. you know, that lawn where there's pieces that are literally like a foot high in some places, <laughs> you know, you've got to wear like knee-high socks to protect yourself from ticks. So I came home today and my front, my front lawn was mowed and I was really excited thinking, yay, the lawn guy came. But I don't think he did because only the front lawn is cut. And I'm sitting here and I'm kind of embarrassed to get out of the car and walk in the house because I don't want the neighbor to see me. Because I don't know if my cousin cut the front lawn when he brought my lawnmower back. Or I don't know if the neighbor is cutting my lawn because he just got so fucking sick and tired (laughs) of seeing how high my grass is. So I guess I'm going to call it a fail because I'm hiding in my car, in the garage, scrolling Facebook. Mm. I'm going to take a deep breath and go inside and make dinner and try my best to do a good job at making dinner. Mm. Bye. Maybe if you don't make dinner, somebody else will come along, like your neighbor, 
and make it for you. (laughs) I think there's a secret genius in here somewhere, but I get it. As a fellow lawn destroyer, not the pride of the neighborhood or the street, I get that feeling. I got to tell you, it is an impressive next level, though, that somebody else just did it. That like elves just showed up and like fixed your shoes and cut your lawn. And I would just say thank you to your neighbor. Thank you. Thank you. And if he did it, he'll appreciate the thank you. If he didn't do it, it'll just be one more thing for them to add to the list of why you are odd and a failure And I don't know, being a neighbor? I don't know. Just, you're doing a horrible job. I can't put my finger on quite what the horrible job is here, but you're doing it. You are doing it. (laughs) So, you're horrible. (laughs) You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you, I love you. Hello, I'm a stuffy dowager countess. Travis? I'm judging everybody's manners. Oh no, Schmanners isn't judgy. It's about teaching you to be your best self and be a little more confident when you enter social situations that you don't understand, and maybe also teach you a little bit about history you didn't know, or give you interesting things to talk about at parties. Yeah, like The Secret Life of Emily Post. Or like why wristwatches are the way that they are. We can talk about table manners from the Victorian era. Sure, or what it's like to attend a Regency Ball. Yeah. Uh, You can find all that and more if you listen to Schmanners on Maximum Fun, or wherever your podcasts come from, I guess. Manners, schmanners. Get it? A man was walking along a beach which represented his life. At his feet were two sets of footprints, his and God's. But looking back down the beach, the man could see that in the hardest parts of his life, there was only one set of footprints. So the man said to God, why is there only one set of footprints when times were hard? Where were you? And God replied, My precious child, I was in my car, listening to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast. The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is a multi-award winning comedy podcast, and you can find it at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, let's settle in and listen to a mom have a breakdown. Hi, Biz. This is a rant. I have a daughter who's about to turn four, and that's not the rant. She's darling, and four, I hear, is a great age. The rant is that I have moved five times since Mm -hmm. I first became pregnant with her, and I'm about to move a sixth for my husband's career. And six moves in four years is a whole lot of moves. And these are not small moves either. These are international moves. These are cross-country moves. The smallest move we ever done was 10 hours, and that felt like a piece of cake compared to the rest. And I am so tired of it, so tired of the packing and the unpacking and the hiring the moving vans and finding a new home to live in. I'm tired of finding new doctors for my daughter and I'm tired of finding new jobs and trying to make new friends because there's never any time to do that by the time that we have to move again. 
And I love my husband, and he's working so hard towards having a really important career. Very important, I just mean fulfilling for him, and it will support us. But um, it really sucks. And every time I make a new mom friend, I leave them. Every time my daughter makes a new friend in school, we have to leave and find her a new daycare again. And I'm just really over it. <laughs> Next move is going to be the longest time we ever spend in one place as since my daughter was born. And it's still just going to be a couple years before we have to move again. I really miss having family support. I really miss being stable. Anyway, that's all. I just wanted to rant about moving. Moving sucks. It sucks with a four-year-old. It sucks without a four-year-old. But it really sucks with a kid, too. Um, thank you for listening to me rant. It doesn't have much to do with parenting, I guess, but just needed somebody to listen. Thanks so much. Y'all are doing a great job. You have a good day. Bye-bye. Uh, you're doing a really great job. And this has everything to do with parenting because you are a parent as well as a person in the world who has a four-year-old, no matter how precious and wonderful four-year-olds are, you have still been in the thick of it for the last four years, which under the best of circumstances isn't relaxing, okay? And on top of that, you're move, you've now moved more times. It's like, it's like the call at the beginning where it's like, they're now at the age where they will have spent like less time with us than more time apart from us. Whatever that fucking call was at the beginning. Now it's like, you've now moved more times than your child has been alive. <laughs> or yeah, it's not helpful. It's not helpful. And moving is incredibly discombobulating. I do believe that home is where you make it. Home is where the heart is. But... <laughs> <laughs> a heart that is exercised too much and not given a chance to rest can kill you. So I, I emotionally, you are completely wrung out. No one likes moving. No one does. I mean, I like moving locations, but I would not enjoy moving like five times in four years with a small child. That is not helpful to a place in your life where everything is already probably harder than you would like it to be, right? And making friends and feeling isolated is such a big part of those first few years that a kid comes into your house and the moving around is is not one of the top five ingredients that say, oh, do you want to feel less isolated? No one's like, here's an idea. You should move like across country, maybe internationally, then maybe come back and then maybe do it again and then move again. Okay. That is not conducive to preventing isolation. It sounds like you're doing a remarkable job though of connecting with people when you, when you get to a place but you're right. It's hard having to like turn that upside down again. And I, I, it, it's hard to watch your kids 
have to go through something like that. It may or may not be having the same effect on them as it's having on you, but it's hard to look at our kids and not displace however we're feeling on them. That is just really hard not to do. I guess what I want to say is this is the exact right place to put this. You're not alone. And I think you should just, if you're not part of the One Bad Mother community already online on Facebook, you should go. Because all you got to do, every time you move, just drop a note in the, in the main page. And I guarantee you, uh, there will be parents who will rally to help you get settled. Because you're doing an amazing job. And it's okay to feel a little resentful. It's okay to feel not okay about all of it. But you're doing an amazing job. Everybody, we all find ourselves in different circumstances that may not be a a perfect fit for having kids in our house. (laughs) Moving a lot, having jobs that require different and unusual hours, going back to school, caring for other family members. There are any number of things in our lives that make it feel really impossible. It's really, really hard to get things done. But here's the thing. You're getting it done. And you're also giving yourself the space to say, no, thank you, when you need to. And that's also part of getting it done. Can't get it all done if you're not taking a little no thank you break for yourself, okay? Yes, we are living in a a shit show right now, and I don't mean to say that to make us all like feel bad. I, I say it because it's important to recognize that we are moving through molasses, Okay, everybody is feeling stuck. Everybody is feeling overwhelmed. Everybody is feeling tired and possibly traumatized. And yet here we are showing up, waking up, getting everybody out of the house or into the house or back into the house and then back out of the house and then going to bed, doing it all over again. And I think that's pretty fucking remarkable. I think it's like kind of a magical miracle that it happens. You are all doing a good job. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mara, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Well, daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down mama blue. Oh, said daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down mama blue.
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.